Let's get into the Word of God. How about that? Mark chapter number 2. I want to read the first 12 verses. St. Mark chapter number 2, beginning in verse number 1. The Bible says, And again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them, no, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. Thank God. Amen. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there, was, there, but there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Where, whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, arise and take up thy bed and walk. Verse 10 says, but, they, but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on Amen. earth to forgive sins, he saith the sick, to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise and take up thy bed and go thy way into thine house. And immediately... He arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that, that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on that fashion. You may be seated. I thought today uh, concerning these verses of Scripture that we read tonight, wouldn't it be wonderful that, that we can come together in the, in the power and the presence of God in any given service? And wouldn't it be wonderful that, that, the God, that God's presence and His power would be so real and be so true? And we could just, I mean, it's just like you can just reach out and get a hold of it and, and God would do something great and God would do something miraculous in somebody's life that we might be able to leave this place. I believe when we opened the doors and even got out into the parking lot and into our vehicles, we would still be shouting and praising God. Wow! I never saw it upon that fashion before. Wouldn't it be wonderful? Hey, I still believe that we serve a God that will wow you every now and then. I believe we still serve a God that will get your attention every now and then. I believe we still serve a God that is able to do great and mighty things in your life. Hey, I still believe in a miracle working God today. I believe the God that performed the great miracles of yesterday. I believe it's the same God that we serve today. It's the same God. Hey, He can still do great and mighty works among His people today. I believe that with my heart today. I believe that we still serve a, a saving God. I still believe that we serve a powerful God, powerful God a, a miracle working God. I believe that today. But I want you to notice here, could you imagine... I thought about uh, the, the, at times we've gone to cottage prayer meetings 
And I thought at times we'd go to those meetings and I can remember right up here in Wilma and Noble's little house, right up here on the, in the holler right here, I can remember going up there one day and Noble pick up the guitar and begin to strum the strings of that guitar and begin to sing and Wilma begin to sing and it wasn't long the presence of God set right down in our laps and my goodness, we just had a, had a great time, a wonderful time in the Lord. The presence of God showed up. It didn't matter who was there, but Jesus was there. That's all that made the difference. But I thought about those, those cottage prayer meetings. Now I believe that's where Jesus was at in our scripture tonight. I believe that he, the Bible isn't clear. It doesn't say whose house he was at. But the Bible says that he was in the house. And I believe this tonight. I believe that where Jesus is at, that's where we ought to be. Hey, we ought to have a desire to be in the house of God. Hey, let me just... My goodness, I thought about, could you imagine somebody called you up on the phone and say, hey, let's go down to so-and-so's house. I hear somebody's going to be singing. I hear somebody's going to be preaching. And they might say, well, who? They might ask, well, who's going to be preaching? And there's been times when I've, I've asked, well, who's going to be preaching? Maybe at a revival service or whatever, different places at different times. And we may not know, may not know who it is, may not know their name, may know their name, never heard them preach before, whatever the case may be. But could you imagine somebody calling you up on the phone? Hey, let's go down to so-and-so's house to the cottage prayer meeting. They might ask, well, who's going to be preaching? Brother Jesus is going to be. Could you imagine going down to the house and knowing that Jesus Himself was going to be breaking the bread. Could you imagine going? Jesus was going to be opening up Himself to those that were gathered there, being able to preach from the Word of God? My goodness, I couldn't imagine being in the presence of someone such as that. Jesus preaching. But I thought about this. I thought, you know, that, that uh, they were gathered. I want you to think about the place. They were gathered in this house in a place called Capernaum. And it was a place I understand that Capernaum, the, 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 by definition, the name of Capernaum simply means this. It means comfort zone. It means to be at peace. It means to, to be in, in a comfortable place, if you will. And I believe today you think about this. You think about the atmosphere that was there. No doubt I believe that there were men, women, boys, and girls that were gathered there. I believe the place was busting at the seams. In fact, the Bible tells us that there wasn't even room to get to the door. They couldn't even get get close to the door to see uh, inside of the house. But no doubt, I believe that it was a great multitude that was gathered there that day. I believe that people were in one mind and one accord. I believe they were in the right spirit. I believe they were in the right frame of mind. Let me just say this. Every time that we come to the house, sometimes we may not be in the right spirit. Sometimes we may not be in the right frame of mind. You know what? Hey, I'm glad that we can come to the house of God and be in the right spirit and be in the right frame of mind. I'm glad that we can shake somebody's hand and they're smiling on the other end. A lot of times we might shake somebody's hand and it looks like they've been sucking on uh, lemon juice through a garden hose. My goodness. we got to be careful. But it's wonderful that we can come together in spirit and in truth and in one mind and one accord. But I believe that they were gathered. Hey, I believe that they was right on the brink of revival in this place. You think about that. Here they were. I believe that they were gathered together. And I believe that they were at peace with one another. I believe there wasn't a, a quarrel. I believe there wasn't a strife. I believe there wasn't any contention. But I believe they come together in, in order to listen to God Himself Open up the Word of God and preach to them. 
And then I thought about this. I thought, you know, you think about, you think about the atmosphere and you think, well, uh, here it is. It's just a wonderful place. And, you, and, and no doubt we've been in services like that where the Spirit of God comes down. And I mean, you can just reach right out and get a hold of it yourself. And, and there have been times that if you hadn't felt the power of God upon you, it wasn't God's fault. It wasn't uh, the singer's fault. It wasn't uh, the, the minister's fault. But you sat there like a lump yourself and, and tried to... My goodness, you think about that, church. We've got to come ready and prepare. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. We ought to prepare ourselves long before we get into the house of God to come and worship in the house of God. It doesn't start when we pull up on the parking lot and get out of the car. It ought to start long before that. We ought to start preparing on the Sunday night service, on, on the Sunday morning service. And you know, I've said this before. You know when we ought to start preparing for Wednesday night service? Just as soon as we walk out the doors tonight, we ought to start thinking about the service Wednesday night. But I thought about this. I thought, but you know, just when you think that maybe it couldn't get better, just when you think that, wow, we've been in a service, we've been in just one of those services where God showed up, it's been wonderful, it's been powerful, and and just when you think it couldn't get any better, notice what happens. The, The Bible says that there were four men that come carrying one sick of the palsy. Now, you think about that. The, the, the house is packed. The house is full. Not even, so, not even so much that they can get even close to the door to bring the man in. And I dare say that these four men, or these four, these four men that bore that one that was sick of the palsy on his very bed had burden enough to bring this man to Jesus. And I want to preach here just for the next little bit on, on this is bring them to Jesus. Bring them to Jesus. Just when you think it couldn't get any better. You know what we ought to do? We ought to go out to the highways. We ought to go out to the hedges. We ought to go out in the ditches. We ought to go out and, and, and compel them to come in so that they can meet the Master. So that Jesus can make a difference and make a change in their heart and in their lives today. Now you think about this. The Bible says it, it was a, I believe that it was a wonderful place to be. I, simply because the Bible says that Jesus was in the house. It says that He was in the house. The Bible says that it was noised that he was in the house. And I thought, you know, he makes all the difference in the world. Do you realize that? It, it, it's not, you, you think about the, the, greatest, the, the greatest aspect of any given service that we might be a part of. It, it's not in the numbers. We had 102 here this morning. I, I think that's wonderful. It, it's not in the numbers. It's not how many are here. Let me just say this. It, and I don't ha- I hate to burst your bubble, but it's not about you being here today. Now, don't take me wrong. We want you here, and we're glad you're here, and we need to be here. But it's not about you tonight. It's not about me tonight. It's not about the great singing tonight. It's not about any other thing tonight. But bless God when we can gather in the name of Jesus and know that He is in the house that's where we ought to be he makes all the difference in the world when Jesus is in the house and that's where we ought to be is where Jesus is at but I want you to notice tonight I thought you know that the Bible tells us it tells us that these four men brought this man no doubt they had an acquaintance with this man no doubt he was probably a friend maybe even a family member and they brought this man to Jesus and the Bible says that he was sick of the palsy. But you know, I thought that 
shame on me and shame on you, shame on the church if we don't have burden enough to go out and find those that are in need and need help and bring them to Jesus. You know, I thought about these four men and I thought, I, I thought about this, this man that was sick of the palsy. And I thought, you know, they, they, didn't, they didn't go out they didn't go out and, and get their Sunday school teacher. They didn't go out and get, a, get another pastor from another church. They didn't go get another preacher or deacon from another church. But you know what they did? They went right down to where somebody was at that needed help. They went down to where somebody was at that was, that was in distress, that only Jesus could help. And they took that man to Jesus, knowing that if they can get him to Jesus, that Jesus could get him the help that he needed. Now you think about that. If I, if I stepped off of this platform tonight and I fell and I broke my arm, what would you do? You'd load me up or I broke my leg, whatever it may be. You'd load me up in a vehicle and what'd you do? You'd, you'd take me to the hospital that the doctor might be able to take care of my broken leg, would you not? If I, if I cut my hand and I, and I needed stitches, what would we do? We'd load up, we'd go to the hospital and go to the doctor that I might have stitches put in my hand. You know what? There are men and women that are dying, lost out in this world. And you know what? They need help tonight. There's men and women that's probably sitting on a bar stool tonight that need help that only Jesus can help them with tonight. We ought to bring them to Jesus tonight and know that God is going to save them and God's going to give them the help that they need. Now you think about this, there's a few things, a few things that I want you to notice. Now I'll be done here in just a moment. But I thought about this, I thought that uh, we, we, ought to, we ought to bring someone that needs help. You think about that, I'm convinced today that this world needs help. I'm convinced today that this world is full of people that needs help. And I'm not saying my help. I'm not saying your help. But they need help that only Jesus could help them with. I, I believe that, that there's great things that the doctors can do. And there's great things that, that men and women can do in and, 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 and certain circumstances. But hey, let me just say this. There ain't a man, there ain't a woman out there that can save your soul. There ain't a, there ain't a preacher, there ain't a priest, there ain't a pastor that can save a man's soul. But thank God we ought to bring them to Jesus tonight and know that Jesus can clean them up. Jesus can save their soul. Now you think about this. We ought to bring those that need help to Jesus. Notice in verse number 5 with me. Notice what it says. The Bible says this in verse number 5. It says, And when Jesus saw their faith, He said unto the sick of the palsy, See, or son, I'm sorry, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Now you think about that. The Bible didn't say when he saw the man that was sick of the palsy, his faith, when he saw the faith of the four that brought him. So I'm asking you tonight, is your faith strong enough, not, not that you might be saved tonight, but that somebody else might be saved? Well, you think about that. Is my faith strong enough that I might be able to go out here and witness to somebody 
and, and see them brought to Jesus because I've got faith enough to know that God can save them and God will save them. Let me just say this. If, if, if I go out here, and I, the, so the second point is simply this. We ought to bring somebody that needs help to Jesus. Now, I think it's wonderful when, when, when the men of God and women of God and, and the young people that are born again, it's wonderful when we can all gather together in the house of God and, and God come down and the glory just fall around us. But it's wonderful when we can come together like that. But you know what? To, to me in my mind to know that there are people out there that are hurting, to know that people are out there that, that need help, that only God can, can get, give them the help that they need, we ought to bring those in as well in hopes that God can get them the help that they need. But you think about this. We ought to believe that God is able to give them the help that they need. It wouldn't do me a bit of good if I was to go out here and drag them in and then think, well, there's no way that that will be saved. There's no way that God would save somebody like that. And that's not for me to decide. That's not for you. I, I believe it like this. I believe that there ain't a man, woman, boy, or girl that's gone too far that God can't reach right down where they're at and get a hold of them and save them right in the condition they're in. And it takes an individual to realize that they need help. It takes an individual to realize that they're lost and they need help that only Jesus can give them. Now you think about this. Do you have enough faith? Do I have enough faith that we might be able to see somebody else saved? Not, Jesus didn't look at the faith of the man that had the palsy, did he? But he looked at the faith of the four that brought him. And they knew within their hearts, if we can get this man to Jesus, if I can, if we, you know what, their faith was so strong and, and they knew that they, they couldn't get through the door, they couldn't get through the windows. What did they do? The Bible tells us that they went up on the roof and began to dismantle the roof, begin to tear the roof apart and begin to lower the man down in the bed that he was laying in. And I thought about it like this. I don't believe that if Jesus was standing up here I don't believe that they lowered the man down back there. <laughs> I believe that they lowered him right down at his feet. I believe that they tore the roof off right where Jesus was at and led him right down where Jesus was at. But you think about that tonight. and You know, I believe this. I believe that we ought to brag on Jesus. I believe that we ought to get excited about Jesus. Look in verse number, uh, number uh, 11 and Verse number 11 and verse number 12. Now, I'll not be, but just a few more minutes. I'm just about done. But I thought about this. You know, uh, sick of the palsy. Notice, uh, notice in, uh, well, let me just say this. Do you, know, do you know what a palsy is? And I understand. I've done just a little bit of research on it. And, but I understand that, that it's a neurological problem with your brain that does not connect with the muscles in your body some way or another. And in other words, an uh, uh, individual that has a palsy, uh, cerebral palsy, I believe is one. Am I right about that, Sarah? That they don't have any control over their actions. Their, their body, it just kind of goes and goes, and they, they don't have any control over their muscles, and they can't, they can't control themselves. Their body, if you would watch an individual with a palsy walk, they're just staggering back and forth, and, and they're struggling with every step to take to, to just to walk. And their arms are frail and they're just, their head's moving and, and, and they just can't control their body. And I thought about this. You know that no doubt there are men and women that's out here that's out of control. And I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about they've got a palsy. 
I'm not talking about they've got a disease. You, they have a disease, and it's an S-I-S-I-N, S-I-N disease. And you know what? We ought to go out there and, and get those ones and drag them and bring them in in hopes that God would save them. Now you think about this. In verse number 11 and verse number 12, the Bible says this. Jesus says in verse 11, He says, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he rose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. You know, Jesus told him to take up his bed. And he told him to, to, to walk. And I believe that he done just that. The Bible says immediately when Jesus said, Arise, take up thy bed and walk. The Bible says immediately that man got up. And he began to he picked up his bed and he began to walk. But you know, nowhere I read, now listen, nowhere I read in the Word of God where that man laid down that bed. Jesus never told him to lay it down. And nowhere where we read in the Scripture where the man laid the bed down. And I thought about that. You know, could you imagine? He, he's got his bed under his arm. He's carrying the bed. And I believe that's for a reason. I believe that, that when... You think... I, I believe that when that man picked up that bed, or, or maybe even before he picked up the bed, and maybe somebody might pass by his way and look upon that man and when he was sick before Christ healed him and before Jesus saved him, and when they might walk by his way and see that man laying there in the condition that he's in, they might say, well, poor old brother so-and-so. And they might have compassion or pity upon him, but, but now Jesus has done saving. He said that he, said he, he, he forgave him of his sins. And he healed him of the palsy that he had. And now he's got this bed under his arm. And now they might, the same people that maybe had pity or compassion upon him before, they're thinking, well, this man's a lunatic. Now he's crazy. He's carrying, he's carrying a bed. What's wrong with this man? Could you, well, let me just say this. Could you imagine going to Walmart and seeing somebody drag an old bed behind them? Stained, dirty, torn, ragged. I've probably got some questions for that man. And I believe it was an opportunity. I believe you, well, first of all, I think it was an opportunity for himself that every time he looked at that bed to think back where he was once in that bed and think of the time when Jesus passed by or when he was let right down at the feet of Jesus and Jesus said, Arise, take up thy bed. Hey, I believe it gave him opportunity to think back and it shook his memory to think that Jesus healed him of what the problem that he had. Jesus not only healed him, but I believe he saved him. You know what? I believe that man's in heaven. I believe this man that was sick of the palsy, I believe he's in heaven tonight as I'm preaching. I believe that with my whole heart because Jesus forgave him of his sins. And he's in heaven tonight. I believe that. So it gave him an opportunity to think back where every time he looked at that bed and he thought, my, look what Jesus did for me. And no doubt it shook his memory. And you know what? Every now and then we just need to roll back the curtains of remembrance every now and then. And go back to where Jesus saved you and go back to where Jesus saved me. Bless His holy name. It do us a lot of good, I believe, to go back every now and then and, and, and just take a look where we was at and, and the things that He's brought us out of and where we're at today. And I believe we ought to be able to thank Him and praise Him for what He's done in our life. But you know, I thought about this man as he was carrying, carrying that 
that bed, no doubt that somebody might think, well, you're, you're crazy. You know, what are you doing with that bed? And I believe it gave him an opportunity to testify. Maybe somebody might come up to him and say, and say, what, what's the deal with the bed? Why are you carrying this nasty, dirty? And he said, oh, let me tell you. Let me tell you the day that I was sick. Let me tell you about the day when I couldn't get up on my own. Let me tell you about the four that took me. And let me tell you about the one that healed me. Let me tell you about the one that saved me. Hey, there was a man that I got in contact with hey, that I couldn't get up out of my bed. He came to where I was at and he healed me and saved me. Hey, you think about the testimony that we might have. My goodness, you think. How many of you can remember going back to when Jesus saved your soul and the condition that you was in beforehand? Do you think about, hey, let me just say this. you know that you've got a testimony like no other tonight? If you're saved tonight, you've got a testimony like nobody else's. You think about that. And it gives us occasion every now and then to say, hey, let me tell you about this man. Let me tell you about a man called Jesus that, I believe in healing. I believe He'll heal you. Vernon, will He heal you tonight? Bless His holy name. Hey, I believe that Jesus can still heal today. Not only that, I believe that He can save today. And He'll save your soul. And I thought about this. I thought that it would give a testimony. And I thought not only that, maybe He, maybe he was carrying this bed that He might be able to take somebody else on that bed to Jesus. You think about that. Maybe there's some maybe this man knew of somebody else. Knew of somebody else that had a palsy. Knew of some hey, I'm just speculating. But you go with me just for a moment. Maybe this this man knew of somebody else was in the same condition that he was in and thought, if I can get them to Jesus, look what Jesus has done for me. If I can go get them and bring them to Jesus, I know that Jesus can do for them what he's done for me. And it gave him an opportunity to go out and maybe be a great witness and bring others into Christ. You know what the message is this. Bring them to Jesus. Bring them to Jesus. And I thought, are we willing? You, you think about these four men. These four men that took up the bed where that man was laying. And no doubt that it was a, quite a burden for him. It, 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 that's a dead load. I don't know how... how what, what this man weighed, but I just envisioned in my mind this bed and, and a man on each corner of that bed, four men. And, and no doubt they had, they had a weight under them, they had a burden. But they brought their burden to Jesus. And watch what Jesus done with that burden. And I thought tonight, are you willing to carry your part? Am I willing to carry my part? I thought about, I thought about this, I thought about I believe if I'm, if I'm right, seven weeks from tomorrow night, we'll begin our revival here, our scheduled revival here at Union Valley, March the 13th. And I thought, am I willing to go out and, and not just invite my Christian friends, sure, we'd love to see them in the house of God, but to invite those that truly need help, to invite those that truly need to know Jesus, that are, that are lost, that, are, that, that, that no doubt there's probably alcohol on their breath. And you know what I thought about this? Bring them to Jesus. And I thought about if, if there are some that come in 
They walk through the doors and they may not be dressed like you and I are. They may not have the clothes that maybe you and I put on. They may have alcohol in their breath. They may have needle tracks in their arm. Hey, we ought not look down our noses at them. We ought not uh, cast a glaring eye at them and point fingers and whisper, but you know what we ought to do? We ought to go welcome them in. We ought to go love them in. We ought to support them in. Hey, you think back to where you was at before God got a hold of you. Let's not cast judgment tonight. Let's not cast judgment down on somebody else, but we ought to bring them in. We ought to bring them to Jesus in hopes that Jesus would save them and put them in their right mind, that they might have a right relationship with Jesus. How many of you have ever heard of a man by the name of Charles Carroll Luther? Charles Carroll Luther. Several years ago, some of you may remember, in fact, in 1877, going back a few years... I'm just joking. This man heard a testimony of a preacher. And the testimony was simply this. He said that he had, the preacher had went and to the bedside of a dying young man. And this young man, he had been saved. He had just gotten saved about a month ago. This, this has been on my mind all day. And this, this man had this young man had been had been saved about a month prior and he lay on his deathbed and the preacher go to him and, and this Charles Carroll Luther heard the account of this, this preacher going to this young man. And this preacher went to this young man and he was by his bedside there as he was dying, just being saved about a month. And and he said this, he said, while he was laying there on his deathbed, he was sorrowful for such little time that he had to serve the Lord. And he said that, the young man said, he said, I'm not afraid to die. He said, I know that Jesus has saved me. That's what he said. But he said this. He said, must I go empty-handed? And when Charles Carroll Luther heard those words, must I go empty-handed? He sat down and penned the words to that old song I haven't heard in years. Must I go an empty handed? Must I meet my Savior so? Not one soul with which to greet him. Must I empty handed go? Do you know what I thought? Wouldn't it be awful? Now you just bear with me here for a moment. Wouldn't it be awful to know that you're saved? Now you just hang with me. You're saved. And you know exactly where you're at tonight. And there's not a doubt in your mind that you're going to go to heaven. But when we get to the throne and we stand there before Him and you think about the countless people that you have passed, the, the, the family members, the friends, your co-workers, your neighbors, uh, the people that we pass in the hallways at school, young people, the people that we pass daily at work, and we have not witnessed to those, and we go empty-handed. I believe my heart's going to break when I stand before Him. I don't want to go empty-handed. But you know what we ought to do tonight? We ought to 
bring them to Jesus? Must I go an empty-handed? Must I meet my Savior so? Not one soul with which to greet Him. Must I empty-handed go? Would you stand with me tonight? Church, I believe it would do us a lot of good if we got a burden for the loss in our family. I believe it would do us a lot of good if we got a burden for the loss in our communities, in our neighborhoods, in their schoolhouses, young people. Listen, young people, if you're here tonight and you're born again, you're on your way to heaven, ain't no doubt about it. Why don't we come pray for your teachers tonight? Why don't we come pray for your friends at school, your family members? Why don't we bring it upon ourselves? Why don't we, if, if nothing else, if we're not going to go out and, and physically meet them face to face, if nothing else, why don't we bring their names to this altar? The very least that we can do tonight is to bring their names to Jesus. Bring them to